0: continue our lesson about awaken to righteousness. Who can tell me what the word awaken means? We've been giving you the definition uh, about the word awakening. So what would the word awaken? We use uh 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. Let's put that up for a moment, uh, Casey. Verse 15, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, and 34. These are our theme scripture for the year. So we really want you to get this down in your spirit, into your soul. When I say your spirit, I'm talking about your soulless man, so that you can have an image of this. Notice it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts what? Good character, Right? And Notice verse 34. Uh, put it in the uh, 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 King James for a moment. Notice this awake. There it is, awake to what righteousness and what sin not. That means you can awake to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And notice it said, and sin not. That means now the possibility is for me not to live in sin concerning whatever the situation or circumstances I'm confronted by, right? See, I can, when I know what the word of God says says about it, I have a revelation truth about it, then guess what? I don't have to sin. That means sinning now is a decision you must make. Meaning walking in righteousness is a decision you must make. See, at one time you didn't have a decision because your spirit was spirit. You were spiritually dead. But now that your spirit is alive and you have God's nature on the inside, it's saying now and sin not. Why? Because you got God nature in you. So I don't have to live in sin. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it perfect. Okay. But I can strive. To walk in it. Man, uh, 99, I know 99 is, we say sing a song in the Baptist church, 99 and a half won't do. But I'll take 99 and a half, amen, in this here, right? On this side, okay? And, and so he said, awake to righteousness and what? Sin not, for some have not what? The knowledge of God. And that's the key. So in order for me to sin not, I need what? Knowledge that knowledge, I need revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge stems from what? God's wisdom. I need God's wisdom, meaning I need God's comprehensive insight into his way on marriage, into his way on healing, into his way on protection, into his way on prosperity. When I have God's comprehensive insight on any area of my walk, Then guess what? Now I begin to meditate on that. I begin to think in the light of what that word says. I begin to feed on it day and night until I could see myself. What a happy marriage. What strong help being in being walking in wholeness. Is that right? What a sound mind. See, those things don't come like ripe cherries fall off a tree. No, you have to, on purpose, think in in the light of it. The battle is not in your spirit. The battle for a happy marriage, I don't know why I keep saying happy marriage, or the battle for a happy soul, it's going to be in your mindset. Hmm? It's how you think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man, a mankind thinketh in their heart, what? So are they. You are what you think. So if I'm going to have knowledge, the knowledge of God, I need God's wisdom. I need God's insight. I need God's insight on this. Once I have God's insight, it's not enough just to have it. Listen to me. Many believers in church have read these scriptures, they know what I'm saying, but the separation comes when it's time to step out of the boat, into the water, you know, figuratively speaking, and begin to act on it. Hmm? If I got trouble in my marriage, then it says for me to love my wife as I love the, as I lo- uh, as I love the Lord. And it's like, mm, I know I love God. But right now, I ain't too much in this. Love of my wife, you know. The girl wrong; she wronged me. You know, it's kind of hard to do that. What am I doing? I'm talking myself out of that right standing with Christ. See, that righteousness want me to speak for. But that soulless man that wants to defend itself, that wants to stand apart, it's you know, that's pride. It wants to say no, 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 no. I got a right. No, how many rights do a dead man have? So I answered my question, didn't I? So if I got an altercation with my wife or whatnot, shouldn't have? I shouldn't have one. Can't have one. I'm dead, All right? I just saved y'all from council session. <laughs> now give me that five hundred dollars. <laughs> Glory to God. So to see. Give it to the kingdom of God. Amen. So. Notice this. So I have to have what? Wisdom. Wisdom is the ability, listen to this. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. I mean, understand what I just said. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. You don't have no wisdom, you get you you notice that there's you will have no knowledge to live by. You don't have no understanding to live by. Is that right? So, <clears throat> that's how we think scripture. So what does the word awake mean? Anybody? Arouse, arouse what? One understanding. So what, why, why we want to arouse, arouse your understanding? We want to arouse your understanding to what? To this new level of thinking. Amen. There's a new way of thinking. And that means in order for me to walk in wholeness, to walk in a sound mind, I have to come to the place again and to look and see what does the word of God says about it. Yes. It's about being intentional. intentional. Absolutely. It's about being intentional. You intentionally Reading the Word of God. You're intentionally studying the Word of God. You know, if, if I'm struggling with an issue, then guess what? I'm not going to try to read the whole Bible. I'm not going to just try to just sit down and just say, well, I'm going to just read this. And th-. No, no, no. Whatever area I'm struggling in, that's the area that I'm going to be studying. Because that's where, that's where your need is. That's where your greatest need is. Right? If I want to lose weight, what I do, I start reading. I started doing my research. I started looking at everything I buy. And trust me, I could read them little writing with my natural eyes. I believe God for holdings, baby. 2020. Is that right? Yeah, 2020. I look, I be, and my eyes focus on it. A couple years ago, I had to go take my driver's license, the test. And you know how you put your... You Had to put your head in that boy. I was quoting them, I was saying, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Because I supposed to wear glasses, okay, and I had more glasses in years. And boy, I put my head on there and I saw all those numbers and letters and quote them. And they said, You did very good. And I quote the one under bill, I never saw it. <laughs> I didn't tell her that, but I put my head back down there, and I focus, and that it was. What I'm saying, until you step out of the boat and act on the word of God, what you believe for, what you've been calling those things, that be not, now you have to act on it. You can't just quote it. You can't just be at church. You got to actually step into the equation and then allow the Holy Spirit to navigate, undo, unravel, uproot, pull down some thing, plant anew on the inside, and then restoration takes place. But you got to get in the fight. You can't sit on the sideline. I mean, I mean you know what I'm saying? That's just somebody. Okay? All right. <clears throat> So let's go to the third chapter of the book of Romans, uh, Casey, Romans chapter three. And I started this this morning. This is where I am in Romans. I'm teaching through the book of Romans because if we're going to walk, if we're going to be awakened, arousing our righteousness that we have, this nature that we have of God, I think we need to understand the first 10 chapters of the book of Romans, at least the first eight. And if we don't have a revelation of that as a believer, we're going to suffer in our walk. Because that is the foundation. Okay? The book of Romans is the foundation of our walk. Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, man, and they're all coupled together. But Romans is so important. Watch this. One of the verses of Scripture before we go, we're in Romans, but look at Romans 6.16. This is one of the verses of Scripture I want you to have branded in your soul, branded on your heart, branded on your mind, branded in your lips. Every time you begin to speak something or you think something, know that you are the servant that has to give consent to the feeling, to the emotion, to whatever that is. Notice the word says, no, you're not to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. His servant you are, to whom you obey. Can we understand that? Meaning you become the servant, you as the subject. I'm the subject. So I'm the subject to do what? To allow myself to be used by the kingdom of darkness, Satan, which, uh, which says what? Sin unto death? Or... Obedient unto righteousness, yet which is under righteousness. Notice this. I can both speak good and evil as a believer. And notice it. Why? Because the knowledge of the tree of good and evil is going to always be present with you in your soulish man. That's why you have to make a decision, a consecrated decision, how you think. You have to think about how you speak. You have to think about, you know, how you're going to handle this situation. Are you following what I'm saying? I look to live a stress-free life. Now, some stress is good because, you know, it's like your adrenaline is moving and you're actively doing it, but it will also come back, you'll also come back down with a calmness. But some stress, people just live under such intense stress that it's robbing them of their immune system is weakened. Their respiratory system is is weakening. Are you following what I'm saying? Brain fog is all over you. It's like you can't think properly. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So notice this. It says, know you're not to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. That means his servants you are. To whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedient unto what? Righteousness, right? Okay. So let's go back to chapter 3. Let's catch you up to where where we were, where we already are on my online Bible school. Notice this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, what advantage then, and let's put this in the uh, NLT. What advantage then has the Jews? What advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefit. First of all, the Jews were entrusted, or another word was they had the oracles of God. So they were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. Anybody know how they were entrusted with the revelation of God? What what did they have? It was written on what? Stones, the commandments That was written on stone They had the word of God And what did they have And where was the word of God It was where, in an ark Remember the ark of the covenant The ark, the word was in that ark Are you following me And I tell you what Man it's, it's an extraordinary story When you start reading in Kings And, and talk about how they put that ark On uh, uh, on the back of that wagon And boy, that was the wrong thing to do. You could not mishandle that ark because it was the word of God. People lost their lives, uh, uh, lost their lives trying to handle that ark at the wrong time. Now the covenant of God, the word of God is in our spirit. Boy, I'll tell you what, when you start thinking about that, this is what this is saying. They say, yes, they are, they are, There are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. That's what it's talking about. So the word oracles are, the word entrusted just simply mean they had the utterance. God uttered his word. They had the utterance. They had a knowledge. They had, they've been entrusted with these truths. No, verse three. It says true. Some of them were unfaithful, but just as they were unfaithful, Does that mean God will be unfaithful? Absolutely not, right? We we know that, even in our lives. Sometimes we can be unfaithful, but guess what? God is not unfaithful. Why? Why? Why won't God be unfaithful? Because see, this is what you got to understand about this righteousness. Because you have his righteousness or his nature living inside of you. Now, even though you may not even be born again, God is still going to be faithful to the unfaithful. Go back to Romans 2, 5 or 2, 4, where it says, it is the goodness of God. I forgot, it's one of those verses, 4 or 5, that leaded men unto repentance. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant? Notice this, how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? That's not just with us that are saved. That's with the world. And that's the reason why you should never look down upon the world to the place and say, man, I tell you what, they're just like the devil. Well, you got to understand, God died for that person. They just don't know the truth. So what are we doing to do what? To get them to know the truth. What do they see on us? Do they see judgment? Do they see critical? Huh? Or do they see love? See, it's not so much of what you say. It's how you handle yourself. It's, what, it's how you are every day around people. Can y'all see that? It says, does this mean, uh, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to do what? To turn you from your sin. That's why God is not angry with human. And, and so when you start hearing people say, man, God is angry. God going to do this. Or they try to mix Old Testament scriptures in about the wrath of God and about what took place. That was under a, dispar- a different dispensation, under a different covenant. We have the ultimate covenant. God never intended to show wrath. He never intended to be angry. Look, there was sin in the world from Adam to Moses with 2,000 years, the same wickedness, the same ungodliness, the same unrighteousness that's taking place now was in there before the commandment came. They chose God's people that he chose. They chose, and that's the reason why the commandments came. They chose, let God know. We we'll look at Moses as uh, JW as Moses. You let God know, J. W. You go up there and you tell God we're able to do, just like you know, do whatever He want us to do. You go t- go along up there and tell Him you you the you're the man of God. Go on, go tell Him that we are well able. Well, that was their attitude. And when you read it, God said, "Okay, all right." Oh yeah, get off this mountain. Get off this mountain. You not go go and don't come back in for 3 days. Conversation change. Huh? Make sure your clothes clean. Huh? Make sure everything about you is clean. And don't you be and you be careful how you come around this mountain now. Cuz you set the bounds. You say you are well able. God knew they wouldn't. He knew they couldn't. But he had to let them see for themselves. And you'll see when we get down to verse 19 and 20. Okay. Uh, okay, so Casey, go back to chapter 3. I wanted y'all to see that. And look at what, what, what verse was that? Verse 4? <clears throat> so it says, uh, uh, go back to verse 3. I missed something now. Huh? Okay, no, so he said, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Next verse, absolutely not. Of course not. Even if everyone is a liar, God is true. As the scripture said about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Is that right? Verse 5, it said, but some might say our sinfulness serves A good purpose, for it helped people to see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. That's all it is, a a human point of view, okay? Well, watch it. Verse 6, of course not. If God was not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? See, God has already brought judgment on the world, okay? Look at, go back to uh, Romans chapter 1 and look at verse 18. God has already shown his, brought judgment, but he took it through his son. This is why he became, notice this. It said, but God showed his anger from heaven against what? All sinfulness, wicked people who suppress the truth. By their wickedness. So what does God do? So God, let's put this, just put this in the, in, uh, in the King James so that you can, I like the NLT, but look, watch this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Against what? What is the wrath of God is revealed from? Heaven against all what? Ungodliness. Ungodliness. What else? Unrighteousness of what? Men who what? hold the truth in unrighteousness. So if the wrath of God is against, that's why he became a man. Because there was no one else that was able to handle, to, to take up on the wrath that, uh, which was ungodliness and unrighteous. None of us profit. None of us was righteous. We were all like filthy rags. None of us qualified. So God himself became a man and became our substitute for what? for that wrath, for that ungodliness, for that unrighteousness, so that we can make an exchange by faith and become righteous. Boy, that, that's too good to be true. But when you preach the gospel and tell people in that manner, you went, they win, you, they, they, because it's no fight, it's like, how could this be? Why? Because we're we are so driven by performance. We're so driven by, you know, being appreciated. We do things to be appreciated. We do things so that people can see Why? Because we are performance-driven. I mean, from the time of birth, I mean, from the time of birth through high school, through education, through, you know, being in the, you know, in the workfe- workforces or whatnot, everything was based on performance. Hmm? But in Christ, there is no performance. God has done all the performing for you and I. You and I are a partaker of the grace. Faith is the response to what grace has made. He gave you faith to respond to his love. I mean, understand what I'm saying. Y'all got it? Okay. Any question about this? Okay, you can ask questions in this class, okay? All right. Okay, okay, so go back to chapter 3 and the NLT. Well, what were we, verse 5? Or verse 6? It says, but if our unrighteousness, and put it, there you go. But some might say, "Our sinfulness serve a good purpose. Go to the next verse. Of course not. If God were not Entirely fair, he would, he would be qualified, I mean, how would he be qualified to judge the world? Keep going. But someone might still argue, how could God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlight his truthfulness and bring him more glory? Next verse, watch this. And some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be, what, condemned. Why? Because the Jews was trying to hold everybody, the pagan people, was trying to hold them to a standard that they themselves, because the word of God was committed to them first, and they couldn't keep it. So they were trying to use it just like saying, I will, you know, I will try to make whatever life standard I have that I'm living right to make myself look uh, better in the eyes of Bible. Lowering him with my substandard of what I'm living by. It's wrong. No one, no one can judge no one but God. Okay. Now watch this. Look at verse 10. Now here we go. As the scripture says, there it is. How many people is righteous? None. Zada, zero, with the rim knocked off. No one is righteous. And now, you see, you, got, you can't take that out of context. When Paul was writing this, he was talking to the Jews. He was talking to the Gentiles. He said, we are all guilty before God. Just because the word of God was committed to you first, was entrusted to you, that, that don't mean you're special. Because God judged sin on both sides. Right? And notice this. He said, no, not even one. Next verse. But now I want you all to understand. We are righteous now. If you're born again, don't let no one say, you know, the Bible said there's none righteous. That was before you got born again. That was before Jesus went to the cross and died. to sin became the substitute for my sin and yours. Now you are the righteousness of God. Calling the 2nd Corinthians. Put that up, Casey. Second Corinthians 5.21. Notice this. It says the Bible talks about how God made Jesus to become sin for us. You see that? For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be what? The offering for our sin. Man, if you always remember that. He was made an offering, so every time i'm I'm faced with something or whatever try to come up negative or not, I got to look at I can totally eradicate that you no know, no 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 that's under the book. Jesus God himself, the Creator himself, came and became an offering for my mess, and in my mess he took my mess as uh, my mess in it as an offering, and notice what he did so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The devil don't want you to have that kind of attitude. Because when you have that type of attitude, now your confident level comes up. Huh? You, even if your body got attacked, your marriage got attacked, your finances got attacked, whatever got attacked, it can't stay down. Why? Because you got to hold to this truth. You got to hold to this right standing of who you are in Christ Jesus. Right? Next, okay, Casey, go back. Go back to uh, what is that? What, you, you know where we were. Romans chapter 3. I forgot what verse. I think verse 10. So, as the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. Next verse. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away, all have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom dripped from their lips. Boy, the day, the day I was at, at work today, we're building this new deck. And boy, a head, what is that, copperhead, Copperhead snake, come out that ground. I said, Copperhead, Copperhead. The boy jump back. I thought he was going to jump out of his skin. He, he gave me the shovel. He ran. So I took the shovel. I said, well, you a dead Copperhead. Boom. I ain't running from you. What am I saying? I'm just saying, as the right, I tell you what, something rise up on the inside of you when trouble comes. We're there to make the stand. He said, well, where he, where he at, Mr. Where he at? I said, he, he dead. I don't know where he at, but I, I know I killed him. We couldn't find him. And then when we were about ready to just kind of like knock off, I said, oh, there he is right there. His head was cut off. He said, he's still moving. I said, it's just the nerves and muscle, but he dead as a now. He said, but his head may jump up and bite you. And I said, huh, the blood. <laughs> people don't like when you talk about that but you see their mouth are full of cursing it's not profanity per se. you could just I mean I was in the bathroom the day, you know at Lowe's, guys would say man look you know how men talk in, you know man it's cold out there and then Friday it's going to be 80 degrees and they wonder why the people get the flu and I'm saying under my breath not me you got to be careful how you engage in that before you know you say, man, I know that's true. Uh-uh, I'm not engaging in that. I'm not participating. What are we talking about? Awake to righteousness. No, God made summer, fall, winter, and spring, right? He didn't make it for us to get sick. He didn't make us to be whatever. No, he made it for us to enjoy those seasons. That's where you got to see it. So, you know, don't be condemned if you got you know, you got in conversation, man. I know. We go from one, like one guy said, we went from 110 to 40, <laughs> 40 degrees. Well, which is true, you know. We had 110 weather, you know, for for a period of time. (coughs) Excuse me. But, hey, (coughs) we are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? So when he said their mouths are full of cursing (coughs) and and bitterness, that's what we're talking about. So your mouth and bitterness is simply what? Bitterness actually comes from what? Our heart. You know, from a person that has been hurt, okay, and a person that has been hurt, then you, your heart, if you don't understand that all of us can be, what's the right word I'm trying to use? All of us can be. Um, it, it's it's a negative report, but it's not the report that we. All of us have to have the. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All of us can be a com- can become offended at something someone said. Don't allow the offense to get it to turn to bitterness. When you allow that offense to become bitter, then that means everybody you see, you know, and they talk about that person. Yeah, that's no good. I wish I had block on the block. Don't don't e- don't you even talk good about him around me. If you my friend, see that's a root of bitterness, of hate. And everybody comes come in contact, they want everyone to do what? Respond like they do. Be careful about that. I didn't say, you know, you're happy about what to... Nope. don't allow a root of bitterness to get a hold of that offense. Offense come to us all, but it's how I handle that offense. Amen? Because sometimes if you take the root of bitterness... Oh, let me see what my time is. Oh, man, my time is running out. If you take a hold to an offense, what happens is, again, you begin everything that you hear now. And it couldn't even be talking about it, but you'll think that everything that you hear now is about that conversation about what happened to you or what's going on. And no one is speaking about it. But because of that offense that you allow to get in you, that's how you see everything. So when I say the battle is in your mind, it's in your mind, Shad. Don't let nothing get to you like that, okay? So when they say their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, you know, it's not just profanity. They rush to commit murder and you can do that with your mouth. Destruction and misery always follow them. You see what I'm saying? They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applied. Now watch this. The law applied to those to whom it was given. So who was the law given to? The Jews, right? So That means you and I were not, we were, we are spiritual Jews, but a Jew is not one that God looked at per se, you were born a Jew, but we are Jews inwardly. See? By the word of God. They use, well, we're the seed of Abraham just because they were born of that heritage. But guess what? That don't make you the seed of Abraham or in right standing with God because you're the seed of Abraham. You have to receive Christ. Okay? So obviously the law applied to those to whom it was given for its purpose to, is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Watch this. Next verse. For no one can ever be made right with God. Uh-oh. By doing what? By doing what? The law by doing what the law commands, right? The law simply show us what? How sinful we are. I mean, just think about it sometime. You know, <laughs> I use myself. You know, we, you know, I be trying to get here all the time, you know, and, and, the, and the speed limit says 45. And you know, I got to add, you know, 15 more (laughs) miles on that. Am I by myself? Well, what is that speed? It's showing me. And when I see the police, what happened? Boy, you break it down, huh? (laughs) Boy, look, in the day we used to have that shift on the float. I used to love that. You can break it down, but with that automatic, they can see you, you know. But you, you know, you break it down. But so what do you do? I was what? For no one can ever say that can be made right with God by doing what the law what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. When we see the police, what we do? We break it down. It's simply showing us you wrong, boy. Cause if you weren't wrong, you wouldn't even hit your brake, right? You just glide on by. Is that right? I'm working on making I'm working on obeying them laws. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. Amen. You're working on it, JW? or what? Hey, well, are we Next verse, Casey. I guess we have to close with this. It said, but, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. Wow. Are you ready for this? without keeping the requirements of the law. Now, you can stop performing. Right? That's not my word. It's right here. Right? And notice this. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Watch this. Here we go. Verse 22. Y'all, we're getting ahead. We're getting ahead. We are made right with God by placing our faith. Oh, there it is right there. By placing our faith where? In Jesus Christ. That's how you may right. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. Next verse. For we, for everyone has what? Sin and done what? Fall short of God's glorious standard. And that's why G. That's why it is through Jesus we have this right stand. It is through Jesus I'm healed. It is through Jesus I prosper. It is through Jesus I'm protected. It is through Jesus I'm delivered. Why? Because he is the substitute that made it all available for us. Now, I have to step out by faith and do what? And walk in each of those things if I'm going to what? Benefit from them. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So it's not enough just to know what it says. And that's good. But when you step out of the boat and start walking on that promise as the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, look out. You're on your way. Did you learn anything tonight? We have so much more to talk about on this subject, but time will not allow me to go any further. I'm bound, 45 minutes, and my time is up. And if you love to give tonight, uh, you have several ways that you can give. You can give through uh, Cash App, the favorite church, or you can go to www.thefavoritechurch.com, which is through Toddly and put your information. You can give through texting. You can set it up through text, or you can give good old cash or check. Amen? And so we'll take a check. Anything up to a million dollars. To tonight. Okay?